Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight's tonic features Tamra, also known as T-Rex, on her own podcast, Hoof and Horn. She is a priestess of Hecate and an ordained high priestess. She's read tarot for the past 25 years and also is trained in the Norse Seath by Freya Oswin and has received multiple years of training in trance prophecy with Jeanette Farrell and Galvin Bone. She volunteers at the Department of Corrections. She has provided services for pagan inmates in two state prisons for both men and women for the last eight years. She blogs at Betwixt and Between and occasionally raises hell on Facebook. Welcome, Tamara, tonight to my broom closet. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much. I know you're a busy woman being a doula volunteering at the prisons. You do some amazing work. Can you tell me a little bit about what drew you to the craft? Oh, um, I feel like it was a kind of uh, a little bit of a winding journey. But, um, you know, I I grew up in an Italian Catholic family. Mm -hmm. And yet um, stuff that my mom did or my mom's family did, I now I understand to be more folk Catholicism. You know, we weren't in church every Sunday. I mean, mm-hmm. I did, yeah, I did make my, you know, I was baptized. I made my communion, my confirmation, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it was like, those are the things that you're like supposed to do. But, right. you know, my mom read cards. My mom had friends that were mediums, uh-huh. you know, she a couple of books here and there. Um, I remember I was always really fascinated with this really big, I have it now because I kind of, I didn't steal it. She knows I have it, but um, <laughs> it was a book about the witch trials, mm-hmm. you know, the documentation and the witch trials in Europe. Um, and I think as I got older and when I was in my last year of college, things just started to get, you know, knowing like the phone is about to ring and I know who it is and mm-hmm. I could finish somebody's sentence. And yet I knew I had something to explore. Like I needed to, f- to explore this, but 
as a you know graduating college and it's art school and it's it's a lot and so mm-hmm. I just promised myself like when I'm done with this then I can focus on this right and um I used to I used to commute in and out of Manhattan in that last year of school and then when I started working and I pulled a book off my shelf that a friend had given me in high school and it was called um The Power of the Witch by Laurie Cabot uh-huh. and I read it well, when it seemed like, okay, this is cool, but in high school, you know, it right. wasn't time. And so I just like, I need this. This is like an hour train ride one way. Yes. And my second read through it, I wanted to be tapping people on the shoulder that I'm sitting next to on a commuter train. Like, could you please, <laughs> I need you to read this. This is everything. Mm-hmm. And so I spent the next year, this was probably 98. I spent the next year reading. And I didn't even really tell anybody about it other than my husband and um, my parents, mm-hmm. because I think that they would be open. Like they didn't wouldn't freak out if they I lived upstairs from them in a, like a mm-hmm. mother daughter house, um, like apartment. Yeah. And so I knew that if they come up and they see these books, they're not going to freak out. So I can tell my parents a lot about this, mm-hmm. but I didn't even tell the closest friends because I I just didn't want it to be I wanted it to be something that I understood before I'm doing this thing and talking about it. Like I know something. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, so it was a year later that I, I realized I, I needed some assistance and I wanted to find other people to practice with and teach me. And then that sort of started me on my path through the, the pagan community on Long Island mm-hmm. and that being able to meet teachers that I've worked with over, over the years and now finding myself here in Indiana for the last 10 years of mm-hmm. cre- kind of creating a, a community that while there are many um, witches and pagans and druids in, in Indianapolis in the area, mm-hmm. it wasn't the kind of groups that I wanted or needed to be in. Like leaving my New York City family was a lot. It was like big shoes to fill. Right. And so when you find something, then you have to you got to make it if you want it. And exactly. And I think sometimes it's really hard to find your kindred souls. Yeah, it can be. And when you do find them and now you have to, now you have to leave. Yes. That was heartbreaking for me, but I knew it was also part of my journey. It was also part of being um, what we call a vote before you were a priest or a priestess of the goddess, mm-hmm. the way that we train people, you're a votary. And it was part of what she was saying. You, this is, you're not, this is not the place for you anymore. You have to go over here and is very much like her mythology and very, I mean, I, I don't regret it now, but now I've lost all my people and I have to find people. (laughs) Yeah. Now you're a priestess of Hecate or Hecate? Yes. Hecate, correct. You could say Hecate, you can say Hecate, Hecate. Hecate, yeah, however, I don't think she cares the way our accents are. She knows we're talking to her. <laughs> yes, exactly. What drew you to that particular goddess? Um, I often say that I didn't choose her, she chose me. Gotcha. Now, of course, it was still a conscious decision on my, on my end, but... Um, I had never worked with her. I would, I think it was probably a good 12 years in any coven that I'd been in or open ritual. I found myself at open group, nothing. 
not even, not even personally, I never worked with, uh, with Hakate. So, um, I was more like, I was living for the Egyptian deities at that time. Uh. And my high priestess one day after a ritual, I guess, learning that I was a doula, she had just said to me, Oh, you're Hakate's girl. And I, I tell everybody, I, I, I literally turned and looked over my shoulder to see who could have been sitting next to me on the couch because right. you're not talking to me. And I was like, okay, that's what she thinks. That's cool. But um, I don't think so. And, <laughs> and I, I found myself maybe a few days within a, like a week or two at a birth mm-hmm. with a client and things started to get a little crazy. And I, was watching my client's visions for her birth, her VBAC, meaning she'd had a C-section and now she wanted to have her baby the, you mm-hmm. know, the natural way, um, kind of starting to go out the window. Mm. And I thought about what my, my high priestess is, Courtney Weber. Um, mm-hmm. She's an author and a, and a podcaster too. Um, I thought about what she said. And I, in my mind, kind of said, well, if that's true, you know, Hecate, if that is true, mm-hmm. I need you right now. Like, cause she needs you right now. Right. And I found myself like pushing doctors and nurses aside, which I have never done since. <laughs> never did it before that. And I've never done it after that, but I was able to get myself back next to my client. Cause I was literally just pushed out of the way. Yes. And we had a baby there like it we didn't end up in the or again everything was fine mm-hmm. it was great and i said all right i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to think about this a bit so that sort of started me and it was a difficult thing because mm-hmm. for me my goddess is isis you know and right. that's my mother and i love her so much how could i possibly not become a priestess of isis mm-hmm. oh, and it took me probably a good two years into my training so i finally had like a moment with them where they i think i was probably annoying the hell out of because <laughs> as i'm like i took the journey i'm gonna start doing this this is uh-huh. what i am and like apparently i'm tapped this way and i'm not supposed to go in that direction but i don't love hecate the way i love her i annoy myself when i think about it <laughs> and so one day they just sort of leaned over the altar and were like look this is my vision I'm like you know how about this daughter of Isis, priestess of Hecate. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I just got the energy of like, okay, good. Thank God. Get on with it already. Because <laughs> you're annoying. That's pretty <laughs> so, awesome though. I guess they yeah. told you, look. Yeah. And it helped me. Like I just needed that like permission and it's sort of, I don't break up with anybody. I've never broken up with anyone. Mm-hmm. I've always been broken up with. I've rarely <laughs> quit a job. And so I needed them to sort of give me that permission to do that, you know, and understandable. Yeah, that's how I me. And she's been very, very, you know, that was 2010. Uh And uh, I've noticed that now you can't throw a rock without hitting, you know, five people that work with with Hakate. So interesting. I wonder if it's just the sign of the times. It could be. And I think that gods wake up the more that we work with them and when they're needed, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean? and that's when like literally 12 years, I didn't know anyone that worked with her. She never came up in any, anything. Right. But last, you know, the last uh, 10, 11 years, really like everybody's 
all about her. So must be for a reason. Is is she the goz- goddess of wisdom and witchcraft? Is what is yeah. she the goddess? Do- Many things, obviously, wisdom. Yeah, I mean, she's um, she is a paradox, really. Yeah, you know, so that you can say she's one thing, but she's also another thing, and she, she's not that, and she's this. So a lot of people I find look have looked at her like this crone goddess of the dead <laughs> and ghosts and all of that. Mm-hmm. And while she does have a function of a psychopomp where she helps people move through <laughs> things, right? This liminal space from one state to another, um, I don't really see her as a crone. You know, I don't right. prescribe to the maiden mother crone and putting uh, Hecate in the crone position at all in classical times. She's always been seen as a maiden. You mm-hmm. know, how someone experiences her and how she comes to them, I've got nothing to say about that because she's, she, she's presenting herself right. as an woman. Okay, right? But let's not... Let's not forget how she has been seen for thousands of years. And Mm -hmm. so she does start in the, you know, she's a part of those myths with Demeter and Persephone, right? Mm -hmm. Which really has to do with like the harvest and and transition. She's a psychopomp. She is in the Chaldean Oracles where she is, you know, the the force that transmits from the first power of the, the creator behind the creator to the Demiurge, which most people would see as like Jehovah or Yahweh as this creator mm-hmm. God move through her. She is a witch queen. She is right. a, you know, she's like everything. She's terrifying and she's beautiful. She's stern and she's compassionate. So I think, I think that's pretty awesome. Look on her. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I am fascinated with Freya Oswin. Can you yeah. tell people a little bit about that Norse Seth training? Sure, that, sure. That's incredible. Um, you don't. It seems like we're becoming more and more introduced to things like that lately. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in one of the one of the people that I had asked to be my teacher after a coven or two and people that I met around on Long Island, um, we found ourselves in Manhattan uh, or planning to be in Manhattan for this workshop on learning safe or cedar, right? Which mm-hmm. is the first version of um, trance work, right? Where they're speaking like oracular prophecy. Okay. And it was being taught by, by Freya Oswin who learned it from Diana Paxson. So Diana's group, yeah, um, was really the people who kind of looked to some of the history. What could this have looked like and reconstructed it, right? So it's not exactly how they might, like the safe Kona's in Scandinavia might have been doing it, but maybe it's probably similar to this. And so we were planning on all going and um, it happened to be October of 2001. Mm-hmm. So, like we all know what happened in September of 2001. Right. And, you know, Freya still came over. We would, like travel was happening and she kind of came over. And I learned the process of the ritual of safe, you know, how to, how do you guide somebody into, you know, whether it's the underworld or the really the collective unconscious to be 
that oracle, like an oracle of Delphi or Kume or all the ancient oracles. Um, what are the songs for those rituals and what are the roles the, between the guide and the seer and the wards and all that? And then after we learned it, we then did a community safe. And I will say, like, my my city needed that and our community needed that yes. because everyone was so traumatized, you know? Um, I didn't take the seat or act as a guide for that ritual, uh, but our group then started to take what we learned and did it. Hmm. And I first learned then to be a guide and fought really hard about going <laughs> on seat. And again, really annoying, uh-huh. I'm sure. Because the fit that I threw, <laughs> the complaining about the day, I can't do it. Like, I was like, I can't do that, you know, and that's not I can do. And then once I, they really pushed me and I did go on the seat, it was like Motormouth Jackson was happening. <laughs> and, and I realized it isn't, I'm not doing it. And anyone that takes the seat, mm-hmm. if their ego is in check, right, and it's not right. ego display you realize that you are just like a vessel and a tool yes and you just get out of the way and then sort of like the gods kind of take over um yeah so it was after that that i then um learned the trans prophecy which you probably were going to ask me about too oh yes i do because <laughs> you study with jeanette farah correct and galvin bone yep janet and gavin Ah, you're so lucky, so, lucky, lucky, lucky you. Yeah, Incredible. Yeah. Again, it was sort of like being in the right place, the right time, which, you know, I know that had I moved here, like after getting married, right, right away, mm-hmm. all of these opportunities wouldn't have happened. So there's a reason why I had to stay home for the length of time that I did. But friends of mine brought them to Long Island to do a like a three-day workshop on mm. trans work. And I will never, that is, was kind of at the time, it was kind of like, rock stars are in the room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. Well, think but, about everything they've done. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, having, you know, Janet was one of the first people initiated by Alex Sanders, right? So yes. she would always laughed and she, she says that, um, She's the most initiated witch in the world. Very tongue in cheek saying that because Alex would call up the press mm-hmm. and invite them over and then initiate Janet, like just display like <laughs> this is how it's done. Right. <laughs> but she's like the pretty cute young thing. Um, mm-hmm. so that was just a funny thing. But I attended the workshop and um, in in there, I remember Gavin walking this this lady down who definitely looked the part, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the long black dress and all the jewelry and like witchy. And <laughs> I had a bit of that experience with the States. So I can tell, you know, Freya is in the room, Freya, the goddess, right? Right. She's in the room. She's ready. This is going to go down. It's going to happen. And I remember the lady just opened her eyes and she was like, Nope. And it stunned everyone. I think it even threw Gavin for a second because she was like, not going to do it. And so he just kind of was like, okay. And we kind of continued. He talked about it. And then I remember he turned and looked at me and was like, you can do this. And I thought, oh my God, no. (laughs) You're like, I'm not in the room. 
I'm not in the room. What? What do you mean? (laughs) And so I found myself having Gavin walk me down, do the whole thing. And I brought through, that was the first time that I brought through a deity through myself. Whereas, cause in safe, you are, you're going into the collective unconscious and you're finding Hela's throne, right? The goddess of that underworld, like that pantheon, mm-hmm. but you're not necessarily speaking for Hela, right. right? It's oracular and everything's really super symbolic and you need to scribe and write it down and have to figure out what they, what do they mean? Mm-hmm. With trans prophecy, you're not going all the way in there. You're not moving into that kind of confusing symbolic place. You're standing right at the gateway, very Hakatian, right? Yes. And, and letting them then merge with you and have a back and forth conversation with the people in the room. And it was incredible. And I've kept doing that work for 20 years now. Wow. It's very humbling. Yeah, that you must have been like honored and humbled at the same time to have someone like Gavin Bone look at you and go, this is this is you now. Right. Yeah. Like you're going to do this one. And it can be even like more even more humbling than than that is like. What happens to the person on the chair after the deity departs? Mm-hmm. Right. Because everybody that I've ever taught or, you know, my my priestess had learned this kind of at the same time as me, but in a different group, you know, mm-hmm. a different circle, maybe maybe a, a few years after me or something. Um, but everybody kind of if you're if you're not completely out of it, you're sort of someplace there and your consciousness might go, is this total crap that's happening right now? <laughs> Am I making this up? Right. But then once they step out of you, it is sometimes the most, I could cry right now just describing it. It is the most heartbreaking feeling Mm. because if you think about like even taking the word religion, what does it mean? Like relinking, like you're connecting to source Mm -hmm. and you had sources, energy fields like in and around you. Right. And then when you have to let them go, I have had complete breakdowns. I have seen other people have breakdowns. I had trained my coven that if, if it's not me, if it's me or if it's not me, there has to be people that are going to deal with that. Right. Right. Like, and separately, and we have to continue on and close this ritual down because it's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot and it's amazing. And there have been times where gods have come in and, been really kind and loving and there have been times when like they're literally kick the door open and get ready dream fest and Mm -hmm. while we are a small piece of humanity in that room right Mm -hmm. um you just have to listen to what they have to scream about sometimes what are they yelling about for 20 years i've Mm -hmm. learned i've listened to them yell and scream about the environment or the beat Or, you know, Brexit, like literally. (laughs) Right. So it can be a lot. We're so connected to nature and I think it's heartbreaking right now. It is. And they are like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And when they say you, it can be heavy to hear, like for 15 people in the room, it's like, you got to stop global warming, climate change. They are talking Mm -hmm. to all of us when they're talking to 10 of us, right? you know, 
in my my um, explanation when I teach about trance, whether it's a, a public class or when I taught my group, my analogy for it is if you were on a desert island and you had a like a cell phone and occasionally you'd catch service and it would be ringing, mm-hmm. you would answer that and start everything that you possibly needed to say. Right. And you didn't care who's on the other end. <laughs> exactly. That, right? Like, these are all the things I got to say because I don't know how long. This is not work that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Not even a lot of witchcraft groups like doing this. And, you know, drawing down the moon and the charge of the goddess, it's not just reciting the charge of the goddess. Mm-hmm. That was written in case the goddess doesn't show up. You've got something to say. Right. So not everyone does this. And so when the gods come through and they're yelling at us you just have to listen and thank them for that piece of information and then ask them if we can we approach you individually and and bring our little what feels like huge but piddly problems to you (laughs) and then you say yes and they're probably like no you need to save the world first (laughs) (laughs) they're usually like yeah okay let's do that and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have felt like the frustration of all of you are so self-hating or all of you think that you don't know what you're doing and like stumbling around in the dark and you're, and it's not that big of a, you're making it harder than it is, but we're dumb humans. And of course it's hard and we don't know what we're doing sometimes. And that's legitimate. You know? Right. And I think, you know, the head of our, the head of countries and stuff make it more complicated than it needs yeah. to be. I mean, yeah, the higher power is always right. You know, what Mm -hmm. if we are making it too hard for everyone or everything? I mean, the things we're doing just it is heartbreaking. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You do some pretty amazing volunteer work. Um, And a lot of people don't realize um, what you do. But when I read this, it really, really warmed my heart. You help inmates. Mm-hmm. that are pagans. And can you tell people a little bit about that, Tamara? Sure. Um, a big part of our our training of priestess, of clergy, mm-hmm. has to do with how you affect your community, right? So unlike a group that might give degrees of knowledge, um, we're not really doing that. It, the first year is a lot of self-reflection, mm-hmm. you know, working on yourself. And then a really big part of it is there obviously there's reading requirements and all that, but mm-hmm. the biggest thing is your community service project. And I moved here, God, mm-hmm. not even six months after I started as a votary. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't even know where I am. I mean, <laughs> I'm in like BFE, Indiana. I don't even know what I see corn, you know, mm-hmm. and I found myself at um, the Indianapolis Pagan Pride Day, which is huge. Mm-hmm. It was bigger than Battery Park. Um, and I came across the Indianapolis Pagan Prison Ministry, mm-hmm. which does have a Facebook page, but it's, there's probably like two of us that are really still doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, this could be a thing and this could be a project. Mm-hmm. I took a brochure and contacted the people to kind of find out if there was any, they needed any help and, and stuff like that. And I, mm-hmm. I got a response and they asked me how far away from, from Rockville facility I was. Mm-hmm. And I'm about 20 minutes from that 
women's facility and that Rockville's like they didn't have a circle. Mm -hmm. The prison allowed them to meet once a year for maybe a half an hour Wow! because they, yeah, because they didn't have any volunteers and there was nobody in an administration that was going to let them or work with them to meet monthly or weekly or even biweekly. And I, when I realized that that was the prison facility of the show on the Oprah network that I'd watched the year before and lived for called breaking down the bars. And it's 20 minutes from where I live now. And they have a need. Are Mm -hmm. you kidding me? (laughs) So, so yeah, I went to, um, I got trained at, uh, one of the men's facilities that I still, I say still go to, we've been kind of locked out because of COVID for Mm -hmm. a year now, but I've, um, I've sent them things and I've tried to help from afar and hopefully soon we're going to be let back in. Mm -hmm. Um, but I worked with the men's facility with their, you know, Wicca, because that's what the IDOC understands as a Mm -hmm. terminology, um, there. And then the Asatru, which is the Norse paganism, Mm -hmm. uh, group and the men's facility. I don't do that one now. Another gentleman does that, but then I went over to, um, the women's facility Beltane of 2012 mm-hmm. and yeah it's awesome it's it's hecate work you know i i look at it like prison can be an adult timeout mm-hmm. i don't know if everybody that is in prison deserves to be there or needs to be there right. because you, when you have a lot of people that have drug related offenses mm-hmm. is that thing that we should be doing which is a whole other conversation but right. that's where they are And so like Hecate, who walks the Cori or Persephone down to the underworld and then is there with her and then walks her back up when it's time for her to go back to her mother, that's the same thing. Like I'm there with them in this place and then try to help them have some tools, spirituality tools Mm -hmm. to help them when they transition out and that transition can be really difficult for people especially if they've been there for a while and then they're back in those environments again Mm -hmm. and hopefully those those tools that they learned can help them not um you know be a reoffender and and find themselves back in the circle again yes that's really awesome i i that's very humbling. I'm very awesome of you. Yeah, it's humbling to me because some of the yeah. most powerful rituals that I've ever, I don't say done, but been part of have been there, you know, mm-hmm. really. Have been there. I think sometimes when people are in those positions, all they have is their spirituality. Yes. And, you know, I think that's very powerful at that moment. Yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah. Tamara, what are some upcoming things that you you would like to tell people or promote? Um, well, I guess I you know I I teach locally in the Indianapolis area, and sometimes we have them um, streaming. So I guess if people um, you know followed us on on uh, or joined friended me, that's the word on Facebook, <laughs> um, they could probably see those events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, my partner and I have a podcast when we have a minute to do it with all like babies that are showing up and mm-hmm. bands that have to take his attention away. Um, 
but I guess that's how people would find it through, you know, hoof and horn or just me on Facebook. Yeah. Tamara, Witch of the East. <laughs> Tamara, Witch of the East Richardson. That's I kind of like that. <laughs> Tamara. Yeah, that <laughs> caught my eye real quick. I was like, well, this woman looks interesting. And sure enough, I was led right to you. <laughs> and then, and then, as you know, a lot of people don't realize, um, so I'm very dyslexic. So sometimes when mm-hmm. I sit down to write an email or I get a hold of someone on Facebook, sometimes they question my my um, motives there. <laughs> they're probably, she's probably like, what is well, this woman like, trying to say? Are we talking about birth or are we talking about witchcraft? And if I say witchcraft stuff, am I going to freak this woman out? Because you meant birth stuff. <laughs> so that's where I was like, what's this in regards to? <laughs> yes. Well, see, and I don't, I grew up very similar to you. I grew up Catholic, very mm-hmm. Catholic, did the whole thing. And like I had told people on podcasts before, my mom was this incredibly spiritual woman. And we had her grandfather read tea leaves and played music. Oh. And that on the other side of my family background, there were mediums. So it was just one of those things. And I keep running into all of these people that have the same backgrounds lately. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just find it really interesting what we're led to in life. Yeah. But yeah. With, you were so incredible. The more I read about you, I was very excited about interviewing you. So I am really happy you came on here. And I truly hope our paths will cross in person. Me too. We're not too far away from each other. No. neighbor. I know. And you know what? When this COVID thing settles down, you know, maybe you can come down and do a workshop in Fort Wayne. Sure. You know, that would be great. Bring your your beautiful spirituality here. We would really enjoy that, Tamara. That would be fabulous. And you know what? At some point, I'd love to have you back on. And I love to have my guests come back on more than once because they're incredible people. And I want to thank you, Tamara. And you have a blessed night. And don't forget to do all that wonderful work you're doing and let people know what you're doing. I will. Thank you. 